Everybody ready? Yep. Let's go. Lothra, Lothcat, Lothwolf, run. Pick a path, and all is done. War Midwest Guys presents Star Wars Rebels HQ. Continue to allow this war to be fought on the Empire's terms. You are going to lose. All paths are coming together now. Long as we're together, we've got a chance. At least we'll go down fighting. It's time to get to work. Don't I defend of at risk? Krennic has been quite persuasive about his own project, Ezra, it's not whether or not we fight. It's how we choose to fight that matters. I know, Kanan. We were meant to be Jedi, so we could be here now, when Lothal needs us most. All the paths are coming together, right? I'm just not sure if we're going to like where they lead. But we never imagined it would end. Hello everybody and welcome back to Star Wars Rebels HQ. Today we'll be reviewing Season 4, Episodes 3 and 4, In the Name of the Rebellion, Parts 1 and 2. Here to help me do that today is Mr. Brian Ankebauer. Hey, what's up, what's up? What's going on, B? Not much, man. And my half-dead, half-asleep brother, Aaron. Hey, man, how's it going? Good. You gonna make it? I don't know. Not sure? Alright, we'll see what happens. It's late. It's real late. It's only 2 in the morning, so... We'll see if he can make it through. It's early. It is early. <laughs> so, but before we get started, just in case you haven't watched episodes three and four, parts one and two, I have to warn you. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Confidence is high. I repeat, confidence is high. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at... Spoiler alert. <laughs> So yes, this is a spoiler alert, because if you haven't watched these episodes, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. I also just want to point out there, um, we paid somebody different this time to do our notes, so the show may sound a little bit different than normal. That's alright. I think we can. I think it'll be just fine. <laughs> I'll admit I didn't have time to do the notes this week, so it is what it is. But Mr. Eckbauer was ever so kind as to fill in for me. I tried. So, Alright, let's get started. Uh, so right off the bat, uh, they... Uh, we, uh, it looks like Sabine and Ezra and uh, Kanan are all coming back from uh, Mandalore mm-hmm. and Chopper as well. And uh, they start talking about uh, they're heading for Yavin 4. So uh, pretty short trip to Mandalore, like we thought, like we were talking about last podcast. Um, and already moving back to uh, back to the main Rebel group. But what they've now, Phoenix Squadron has now joined the greater Rebel cell at Rebel Home Base or Home Base 1, if I remember correctly, is how they refer to it. Uh, and Yavin 4, which, and if uh, for those of you not sure what we're talking about, we're actually talking about the Yavin 4 planet that you see in A New Hope. Uh, it's the same one with the, uh, the like, Aztec-like temples, I guess you would call it. Yeah, that's what I call them. Yeah. Um, so also this, saw in Rogue One. In Rogue One, same thing. So, uh, again, it's, uh, it's another connection to Rogue One, another connection to the original trilogy we're seeing here. Um, so right off the bat, uh, we see that uh, they they make uh, they start talking about the this new rebel cell and how Phoenix <coughs> Squadron has indeed been what's left of it anyway has been absorbed into it and that they're more equipped and better equipped than Phoenix Squadron ever was apparently. Yep. So uh, maybe a little bit maybe it's they're a little nervous about joining a new group, but they're going to be much better off, I guess, is what they're they're kind of coming to talking themselves into. Maybe I don't know what you think, Brian. Right, right. It just seems like they're they're coming into the. Well, what we recognize from watching Star Wars, A New Hope, uh, of the Rebels, we're actually seeing kind of that formation, which is kind of cool. They're talking about, you know, they're coming from Mandalore, and the rest of the Phoenix Squadron came from um, the battle where they got ambushed by Thr- Thrawn. Right, right. And uh, they got absor- their, their ships and people got absorbed into this new cell. Right. Which is becoming like this mega cell, if you will. Yeah. Aaron, what did you think about uh, them talking about becoming part of the... I guess the Greater Rebellion now, even. Somewhere. I mean, it tied into the last season very well, because mm-hmm. you kind of see how it transitioned, but I'm not really sure uh, if it does much for the storyline currently. Uh, I mean, it definitely does tie into a lot of things, though. Yeah. I definitely get the Star Wars feels. I mean, they do a good job for 
the old Star Wars fans like me and, and even the newer fans that saw Rogue One, it's a nice little tie-in. So. You know what I noticed? Um, usually usually talk about the music, but one thing I noticed when they were pulling up on, you know, on Yavin 4, yeah. it was like it was the, you could almost hear the mm. Star Wars theme as it was pulling in, yeah. but it wasn't quite... Ever so subtle. Right, yeah. but it wasn't quite like it was missing a few notes. Yeah, like they intentionally left it out. Mm-hmm. Well, even in Rogue One, when they approach uh, Yavin 4, you get that... It's the rebel fanfare, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't pick up on that, but that's that's kind of cool. I think well, next time I watch it because I will watch it again, uh, being the nerd Star Wars nerd I am. So, um, all right. So when they get there, uh, Zeb kind of comes to meet him, and he's kind of showing him around, kind of sort of. Um, <laughs> maybe it's me, but will they ever get Zeb to walk right? He never looked more awkward in. The <laughs> The animation has gotten a lot, lot better, but Zeb's walking is still needs a little bit of work. Well, yeah, I mean that was one thing I noticed when the first time we first time I saw it, and I asked you the next day, and I was like, "It's like, dude, did you see the animation when these guys running on this base? It wasn't just Zeb. I mean, Zeb looked awkward, right? But he's supposed to be a little awkward because of right. the way he's built. But but, he, but his animation looked a little awkward. But even when um, Rex and Kanan and Ezra and everybody were running, oh, the next scene we're gonna talk about, yeah. The animation seemed a little sketchy. Not as bad as what we saw that one time on the mining, the mining, mining world. world. Yeah, the squale episode. Yeah, yes. not not as bad as that one, but you know. It, wait, it was, wait. I, was was there a flaw in that episode? Because I don't remember it. In the squale episode. Yeah. Yeah, when the when the big guy was running. Yeah, he looked, it looked like Mario Brothers. Like Mario oh, Brothers. yeah, I yeah. remember that yeah. now. I thought that was intentional. We could never go a Star Wars pot, one of these Rebels podcasts without talking about squales. I know. I, I mean, need, I need to make T-shirts. There's later time. on where you start hearing like him, like hat, listening to like the song of like the one uh, crystal, and it's like it's a squale. I know. I was like, let it be a squale. Let it be a squale. <laughs> I was uh, hoping, man, and it just didn't come through. Yeah, you even saw the big box, and you're like. <gasps> It's a huge yeah. box. It's going to be a squale. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, I was expecting like a little baby squale. Yeah, it was a Kyra crystal. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that, though. Um, so, yeah. So, it's, uh, it's you know, he's just kind of showing them around, I guess. And um, it really does show that the galaxy has kind of come together. Maybe not quite to what we're used to in the Rebel Alliance and the movies, but it's getting closer. Right. Um, Ezra does bring up, he's like, he's like, look at all these ships and all these people. Mm-hmm. And then Zeb does say, you know. A lot of the a lot of the rebellion squadrons from around the galaxy have come here together, yeah. and he's like, "But it's still not enough." Mm-hmm. True, true. It, it still shows how much, uh, you know, it's literally David versus Goliath, if you will. Uh, it, you know, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, this whole then Ezra brings up Lothal, and he's like, "What about Lothal? Aren't we going to Lothal? Aren't we going to help?" Because they start talking about their new mission a little bit, and it's yeah. all about or, what, like what, after like. She crashes down onto the planet, sort of thing. Or oh yeah, that yeah, you know actually, I think you're right. That that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. starts talking almost off the bat. He's remind. He's like, well, we're gonna help with all, right? We're yeah. Oh, look, okay. look at all these. Look at all these all people right, that can help with all. He's talking about that before we go into the bit with him and Mon Mothma. He's starting to bring it up right. already before right. they even have. Like that. they're just they're planting that seed in everybody's head that Ezra's still worried about his home planet, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think Brian, you have a point here. You, you think this might turn him away, maybe from the rebellion, let down the road, might right? Like, like, like we were talking on our spoiler thing, like what we thought might happen, right? And like he might um, go out on his own, like he might go out on his own, mm-hmm. because I mean, just just the, the the subtle backstory behind all this stuff that you, you just hear little snippets, and Ezra is, you know, what about Lothal? I'm worried about Lothal, and then it's you know, worry about the greater good, worry about the greater good. Okay, I understand, but I'm still mad about Lothal, you know. Right. You hear it, and it's just one of those things that you. Th- I I think personally that it's going to turn into the thing where he's like, "The rebellion's good. I'm going back to the fall to help." Right, right. I, that could very well be. Like in the same way, you see Sabine kind of leaving the Mandalorian civil war to kind of yeah. help the greater rebellion mm-hmm. for the greater good, kind of a deal. And it could definitely be a linchpin because coming up here in a few minutes, there's definitely a little bit of a conflict um so uh then obviously it switches actually before this real quick we do get to see uh the return of um what's his name uh agent callus now in no not yet not yet oh well, see i i've only watched it twice this time so oh what's going on here i know I'm no this is the part this is the part where rex comes up that's right and, so, and they're like oh rex you're here and then all of a sudden uh, alarms go off that's right so they, they the come rex up. bit was very 
small. Yep. Like, honestly, I don't it was. Even it was almost know. just like they wanted you to know Rex was there, and that's enough. Yeah. It yeah. Kind of, yeah, because you don't see him the rest of the episode. Because that's, 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 that's why the first part of these notes is also, because we see Zeb, we see mm. all the people, then we see... Uh, Rex, then we see Hera, then we see Wet, then we see Wedge, and then we see Callus, and it was like, oh my god, they got so much stuff in the very beginning of this. <laughs> Just trying to reintroduce this and let us know that they survived, and yet they're still here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so uh, the alarms go off, and it sounds like uh, Hera's uh, mission, that's wherever she was, she was off with some Phoenix, maybe with Phoenix Squadron, but she was in Y-Wings this time. Mm. Yeah, it was, it, was a, um, it was a supply mission. Yeah, that's right, a supply mission, so... Uh, again, I always watch this twice, guys. I apologize. It was a rough week. I will do better next week, I promise. At least five times, I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, uh, but it looks like she's run into some real problems here because she's on fire, Wedge is on fire, and the other guy, there's three of them left, and they're all coming yep. in hot mm-hmm. and heavy, and we get a nice... It's a nice reintroduction to Hera's piloting skills and leadership skills here, I think. Just mm-hmm. watching her crash land, uh, the Y-Wings, literally bringing it in hot. And I don't... The physics didn't add up. No, it did yeah. not. <laughs> Honestly, I was almost expecting yeah. them, like, you have Kane and Ezra there doing, like, a force, force push sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. 100% like, that's what I thought they were going to do. <clears throat> they never did it. It's just like, nope, just landed no, fine. We're, yeah, we're just going to let her run right through a pair of air stairs. Hmm. But, but even as But even Kane, to the point, though, to counterpoint, Kane, Kim did said she's got this. Yep, she's mm-hmm. got this. So I guess it's showing he has faith. But yeah, I was kind of expecting at least a little bit of a force push, yeah. something, or at least try to grab the ship. Ooh, and just stay how in. quickly he was coming in and like how he was heading directly towards them. Yeah, like that's kind of what you expect. But no, you have her land safely, and then you just have like a bunch of people like coming to pull her out just in case the thing blows up. Well, the other thing that was funny, I thought was. She's still moving forward, and they're still running towards her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you'd want the ship to stop first and then yeah. run towards her. But, hey, they're brave rebels. What can I say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we get to see Wedge again, kind of like we saw. And uh, we see Hera show her awesome pilot skills and a little bit of leadership there. And uh, just a reintroduction, I think, to that whole thing. Um, now we get to see the return of Callus. Mm-hmm. who is um, apparently on the internet becoming quite popular these days as there is now a hashtag called Hot Callus. Uh, apparently the, man chops? the girls really dig uh, Hot Callus, apparently, and now they really dig him in the rebel gear with his longer hair and rebel gear on. And, Interesting. Um, I wonder how, what, how are you aware of this? I have heard about it. It was all over Twitter. I, I literally re- stumbled upon it. It's not like I... Hashtag hot callus. No. Okay. No, no. I, I I go on the I go on Twitter a lot with looking for Star Wars Rebels news and links and stuff. And I okay. Everybody's putting hot callus, hot callus, and it's it's a drawing of of him in his Rebels gear apparently. Okay. And there's also another one apparently of him in his back when he was in the Empire and he had a couple pieces of hair down on his forehead and all the girls were going crazy about it. That's so weird. I know, right? I don't get it. Neither do I. Even Filoni didn't get it. Filoni's like, I, here's a drawing. I don't get it. <laughs> That's literally what he put. I don't get it. But, hey. All right. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, I wonder what kind of a rank Callus has here, though. Because they don't really say Commander. They don't say... It's, they don't even really even say his name. He just kind of shows up and... And we know who he is. Right. And he just says, my Mothra needs you for a meeting. meeting. Yeah. He's he a gopher. This, yeah. He doesn't say, you know, that's not like, yes, sir, or whatever. None well, of he, that. he is intern Callus. You'd think he'd be like part of the intelligence group, you would think, or counterintelligence because he knows all the Empire. Mm. I mean, he does offer something in the meeting coming up, but still, I don't know. I just wonder how high up in the Rebel ranks he is. Um, I have to do some research on that one, I guess. So, I don't know. What do you think, Brian, real quick? Where do you think Callus' role is in the in the Rebel Rebellion now? Um, I, I think, like you said, I think he's just, he's an intelligence guy. I think he's part of the... We'll call it the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because like we find out in the next thing when they're talking about the plan and stuff that he, that he kind of starts, yeah. um, that he initiates. You can tell he's he has a voice. Yeah, and he's, um, and taken he's seriously. He's, yeah, and he's taken seriously. It's not like a you know whatever. Yeah. And so you can tell he's he may not have like an actual like title, mm-hmm. but they do kind of respect his his, his knowledge. opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron, any, any thoughts? Oh no! I think he's an intern. I think he go gets intern. gets coffee. He goes grabs people. Intern, like go for yeah. Guys. Like he, he's new. He has to like prove himself and like just 
sometimes that means doing menial tasks. You just gotta take it easy. Yeah. It's like, copy that. Just has to do one thing at a time. He'll get there. <laughs> All right, then. Copy on that. So, um, so let's get into the plan. So they've got this new plan now. Um, they want to use the ghost to wiretap a new communications tower because they've deciphered that this new communications tower now gets their plans out too quickly to the Empire, and the Empire is now able to react much quicker to mm. you know, the, the rebellion, the, the rebellion in, the, in whole. So mm-hmm. um, this is where Callus kind of offers up his two cents, I guess, about how they should maybe just tap into it and they can monitor it and then kind of work around the Empire so they can monitor... Mm. Almost like a counterintelligence move. Right. Okay, well, we know you're listening, and now we can hear you and what your moves are, so we can now work around that. And, so. and they also bring up that this is also the start of where we hear about um, Saul Guerrera and how mm. how did he get his intelligence, because he told us that this was going to happen, yeah, and, but our sure. intelligence didn't tell us that, so we went ahead and did it, and then Harry's like, and we got attacked. So how did he know? And they're like, well, Saul doesn't care how he gets his knowledge. Right. That he doesn't he doesn't play by our rules. Right. And then, and then, and Ezra said, "Well, he gets results." Mm. And then that's when um that's when my mother looks at him kind of angry like and he's like, "Well, we don't abuse our prisoners." Mm. Right, exactly. Well, essentially it kind of suggests he does the same sort of tactics you actually see in uh, Rogue, Rogue One. one. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And now it makes sense why we see that in Rogue One because there's been this falling out. Yes, yeah. and that's why he happen. keeps. That's how he gets his information. He doesn't care how he gets it. Who he hurts. Mm. He just he's following those cookie crumbs. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't matter what price he has to pay or what he has to do. It, to him, it doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. it's all or nothing, literally. Um, <clears throat> so uh, now we start talking about the plan. Yes, that was just yeah. that was just the right. what the new information that they've gotten, and now we start talking about the plan. The plan itself, which is the. Callus um, brings it up and says, "Well, we could put a wiretap on." Right. And then, and then Harris says, "We can do it with the ghost. We've done it before." Four. Right. And uh, I think even uh, the what's his name, General Dodonna, even questions her. her like, yeah. He's Are like, you sure? sure? <laughs> if we don't call it the ghost for nothing. Yeah. Duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, and that, now, now we start keep getting, getting back in, into Ezra's, Ezra's that whole Lothal thing, and yeah. Ezra says. That's all fine and good, but how does that help Lothal? How's that going to help Lothal? And literally, he gets a real stern look from Hera the minute he starts, because he says this to Mon Mothma, and he's taking it right to that she's the head of the whole mm-hmm. rebel alliance, politically anyway. And um, you can see Hera like, giving him like a stern look, like, don't speak out of turn, what, are you crazy? You know. Yeah, she even says, this isn't the place for that. Right, exactly. Or, this isn't the time for time that. For that. Even reprimands him, tries to pull him back. And he's like, well, we told Ryder we would come back with, with he's reinforcements. He's expecting us, yeah. He's expecting our help. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to do? And that's, uh, and then, but my Mothma, to her credit, actually says, well, you know, I want to talk to you alone. Pulls him off to the side and explain, tries to explain the situation, or at least her point of view to it, which I don't exactly agree with completely, but I get it. That, right, you know that they're not ready for open warfare against the empire. Right, but yet. she didn't. She didn't even portray it that way. She just said because she's she's like that's fine. We want to help your planet, but my planet's under siege too. Mm-hmm. And you know what if we help those two planets? But what about Alderaan and this planet and this planet? What do we do about all of these? Where do we begin? And it was like, pick one, pick one. <laughs> so you have you 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 have your alliances here on this planet. Yep. He has Lethal. So just pick one and go. It's like I said. This is for me. It's hard to watch this because it. I, I've said it past, and I'll say it again. It, it really waters down my childhood image of the Alliance and mm-hmm. always being the ones to rush in and and kick the Empire's ass or at least try to. Right, right. Like them using tact and trying to work in the situation and like build their forces. Like yeah. it really just is a disillusioning thing it, for you. Still. For me, it is. Yeah, because as a childhood, you're like, I'm a rebel. I'm gonna, you know, I'm here to kick the Empire's butt. You know, and. Uh, and so to see the case. So yeah, to see the political reality of it, you're kind of like, God, this is like watching C-SPAN or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and she, and the way yeah. she goes about it, I mean, she does, and she, she she pulls up that graphic like it's just like attached like to her arm or something, and she's like, and look at this, look at this one, and then she goes, and then she pulls it, and it's like, and, and what about all these planets? And you see certain planets that got the Empire logo on them right. because they're they're under siege. under siege, right? And um. And then I think just to shut her up, Ezra goes, I understand, Senator, 
blah blah blah. Yeah. And, and, but it's like, hmm, does he really? He doesn't. No, I, I feel like he does on some level. It's just on the emotional level. It's still like, but Lothal is my home planet. Exactly. But you still have that logical level. Like I, I see where you're coming from, and that does make sense. Right. But the emotional aspect of it mm-hmm. doesn't really register the same way. It's he's giving that almost like sigh. It's almost like, okay, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but inside, yeah, he wants to fight. Yeah, yeah like I understand why we need to stick to a budget, but that thing looks really nice and shiny. Yeah, it, it could, should... it could definitely, I could definitely foresee this being something that they, you know, that somebody exploits against him, you know, and uses. Mm. And that's what I, and that's my thing. Him, you know, this this whole point. this whole thing that we keep hearing. I mean, it's there's this nice story going on, but that backstory that we're seeing is is yeah. Ezra and Lothal mm-hmm. and his pull back to that planet, and he wants to help his planet, right. and that's the whole reason why he. I mean, he even says the whole reason why I joined this rebellion was to help Lothal, and now I feel I'm even farther away than I was before. Right, which leads to our next scene with with Kanan, and we kind of see Kanan doing his med- Jedi meditation. And Ezra kind of walks up, and even Kanan kind of breaks meditation. Well, it doesn't even break meditation, just kind of voices out, acknowledges his existence and goes, what's wrong? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can sense you're angry. You can sense you're angry, you know, and then obviously that's where we get the... And once again, you know, here's another line from the trailer. Uh, that's a lot of the trailer in the first couple episodes, big surprise. It's not whether whether or not we fight, it's how we choose to fight that matters, you know, and I know Kanan, you know, yeah. that whole line. Kanan starts the sentence and then Ezra finishes it, so like it was, yeah. you can tell, and it's ingrained in him, they under, he understands. Right. But then he says, you know, um, but Saul's getting results. Mm. And we're not. And we're not. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, maybe we're choosing the wrong way. Exactly. And the whole time, this little droid is following him in the background, <laughs> And I, I think Saul's listening into his conversation is what I think, because um, I, I think I, that's why he shows up. I didn't later. get that. I didn't get that he was being followed. I did see the droid come out of the tunnel, like come out of the the cave or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was specifically following Ezra because even when he turns around, it's way back in the back, shooting up into the sky. Okay. So I just think I just think we just saw the droid coming out of the thing. I don't think he was being followed. Okay. All right. Well, I think I actually think he's listening in. I think um, could be Saul's. Saul's doing his little snooping and uh, intelligence gathering any way possible. Um, so do you think the uh, droid was just wandering around picking up intelligence from well, like, other I th- things? I think he has an interest in Ezra because he's a Jedi and <coughs> he thinks he's uh, easily uh, impressionable. And in this case, using I think we're going to see a lot of Saul, especially after watching this episode. I think this season will be fairly heavy in Saul. He'll almost be like the, the antagonist. To to Ezra maybe you know <coughs> concern to his advantage. I, I don't know. Not day. after not after what we see happen in the second we'll episode. See. Like I can see maybe see him pop up pop up for like maybe half of one episode here or there. Yeah, like, I, I think I, I wouldn't like expect him, him to be like a main thing. Well, we got a lot. We almost like we almost see him like the like the who's the pirate? Uh, two tubes. No, no, no. Who's the pirate that we saw in the first couple seasons? Oh, you're talking about uh, Ezra's uh, Hondo. 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 Yeah. So. I think he'll pop in and out like that. So we may we may get an episode where we they run into him again, or he's getting intelligence again. And we see that, but I don't see him being really. really yeah, I actually thought this was going to be the episode he got injured, like especially there towards the end when he's actually like shooting at the hyper crystal. crystal. Well, he stabs into it. It's like I thought it was going to blow up, and like that's what happened to him. And that's something yet to happen. So that's why I think we're, we're definitely going to see him in another major story arc because I think it would be a disjustice if they don't show how he's injured. By the time we get to Rogue One, well, he's yeah. obviously going to Jeddah, right? A very, yeah. I mean, he was he was, to he was in Jeddah in Rogue One, right? That's his base of operations. And, by and that this point. is the first. This is the first time we talk about Jeddah. This is the first time we hear about Jeddah and in Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. yeah, so that comes in later. That's later on, but we're jumping ahead. But hey, that's what we do. <laughs> so, and of course, Ezra ends this whole scene, you know, with well, maybe we are choosing the wrong way. Um, and then, as he finishes that, that's when Saul. The hologram pops up that is like super huge. Yeah, I mean he's like um, <coughs> he's got to at least be up. Like, he's like giant s- floating head in the sky. He's like Snoke big. Yeah, exactly. like 50, 50 feet hitting yeah, the air. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it's basically Saul kind of going on and on about you know he's basically tearing my Mothla a new one the whole time, calling her a coward, you know for for joining him, you know not joining him, and just puts down that you know they're not getting any results, you know and. It, and this is the reason for Mon Mothma, you know, 
you know, the whole Rogue One mission, which we see in Rogue One, or mission denial, et cetera, et cetera. Is that what, I mean, I put that in there in the notes. Do you think that's what, that, that's the reason why she's hesitant? Because. Like, like, like there's all this, um, like, ple- doubt in people's minds about her leadership abilities, so that's why she's not forceful. Like, even when they had that big circle. Yeah. And she, instead of saying, yes, let's do that, she's like. Um, she goes along with everybody else. I, I agree that we can't do blah, blah, blah. I think, yeah, I think she is a very much a, she's a skillful tactician and knows she chooses her battles very carefully and is very careful about how she goes about getting her results politically. She, oh, and she even says she'd much rather, much rather get a political and a solution, a political yeah. solution than a, than a war. War, right. So she's a pacifist, really, that's, that's, has, basically accepted the fact that they have to fight, mm-hmm. you know, uh, due to no other recourse. But, yeah, I think she really chooses her fights carefully and chooses her words carefully and how she presents herself. So, yeah, which may get better results in the long run, but in these scenes we've seen her in so far, including Rogue One, it makes her look very, um, well, weak, really, mm-hmm. honestly. I agree. So, um, I don't know, Aaron, what do you think about Mon Mothma? I think she's trying to be as tactful as possible, and I think there is a certain naivety in expecting to have a peaceful resolution at this point in stage, looking at how the Empire has acted so far. Um, at the same time, I can understand the desire to you know, try to move forward as peacefully as possible, maybe try to have some sort of you know, negotiation where you kind of maybe divide settlements or land or whatever, but... Everything we've seen up to this point suggests that's very unlikely scenario. Right, that there's not going to be. I think the best you can do in terms of a political thing is actually just kind of delaying the empire striking until you build up your forces to a better extent. Which is what they're trying to do at this point. Yeah, well, it's. You know. I, I don't. I'm not really sure how successful it is in delaying the actual empire itself, though. Yeah, I, I think because she doesn't understand the what the Empire's really trying to do, like with the Stardust program, a.k.a. the Death Star, just how little time she really has. Yeah. <coughs> well, it, it's it's one of the, it's that old adage of, you know, if you continue to wait, you're never going to have enough. You might as well just do it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like if you continue saving... Forever. You, yeah, you're going to think you don't have enough. Mm-hmm. The and situation then, will never be perfect. Yeah, yeah and, you, and then you've wasted all that time that you could have been doing stuff, mm-hmm. trying to wait to have enough to have enough saved, and by that time, all that time has been wasted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, moving on, though, let's uh, move on to the actual mission. Um, so, we see him kind of, we see the ghost uh, approach this planet, um, and with, that this transmitter is on its Basically, just a. Actually, it looks exactly like the transmission tower that uh, we see in Rogue One. Yeah, it's uh, just a giant satellite. Uh, well, you know, so. is isn't this? It's the same one from Endor too, isn't it? Uh, Very no, similar. And it's Endor's like a giant looking satellite dish. So yeah, maybe. It I mean, that's be. essentially what this is. It's yeah. just not. I think the satellite dish is much bigger on Endor because it's a shield, and this is just a transmitter. But yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's very to me. It's like they took they took a snapshot right out of Rogue One and animated it. I mean, it's basically what it is. Yep. Um, it's a, a, this tower on top of a mountain, really, um, way up high on this planet. Um, so uh, they kind of swoop in, and, uh, you know, Ezra's just kind of, I, I guess, is frustrated by the fact that nothing hurts the Empire, I guess, here. Is that what you meant by this part? Yeah, yeah, because you know, he, he's, he's, you know, discussing, you know, that's... Um, they're having that conversation and they're going over what they need to do and we're going to do this and that and he goes that's fine but you know it doesn't really hurt the empire and and then Sabine's like um no it doesn't but it's going to help us work around but you do have a point yeah that we're not really that doing we're, anything yeah and then Hera's like you guys aren't seeing the bigger picture and Ezra's like and Ezra goes yeah but and then Hera cuts him off really really quick yeah. and with a stern voice and says it's not up for discussion Mm-hmm. And then walks away, right. and then, and so I was I I put the notes in here. I said, "Who is Hera trying to convince Ezra and Sabina herself?" 
more herself than those two because she even she's not she's enforcing Mon Mothma's doctrine, but even she is frustrated by her doctrine. Right, so and, to speak. and and she does say in the next scene when they're in the cockpit and, and Kanan comes in, he goes, "I can, mm-hmm. I don't have to, know, I don't have to see your face in order to know you're you're frustrated. frustrated. And what's what's going on?" Yeah, and she's like, "They're right. They're right. I I I want to hurt them the way they've been hurting us, especially what they just did to." Her our mission, mission. right? I, I just want to hurt them, and, and he goes, "No, no, no, that's Saul talking. Yeah. You're, we're doing the right thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. He's kind of reassuring her mm-hmm. that they that, that this is the right path, that this is more the Jedi path per se, even, right? Um, <clears throat> of things of doing. Uh, so, uh, Ezra, Chopper, and Sabine, they all get out of the ghost, and then they put a spike in place. Now, <laughs> this is one thing I picked up on. There's no spike. She says, I'm putting the spike in place. The spike was more of a program. Yeah. Like, like it was just a bunch of buttons she hit. She hit, yeah. In the past, when they've seen, they said spike, it's like a little antenna-looking thing mm-hmm. that they they throw in there. So even I picked up, it's like, okay, either somebody in the animation department screwed up here or it's, you know, just another term that they're using. But I, I think maybe, I think somebody screwed up. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, so they do this whole free fall thing, which is kind of cool. Um, it's like they they're like yeah if we if we slow down with the thrusters too soon we're going to get picked up so we have to wait till the last possible second so right so does this remind anybody else of Tomb Raider yeah Tomb Raider so Tomb Raider did that where they had the when they had the suits yeah. where they fly in it it really there's also like another war movie where like they Mission do Impossible that. maybe had I this? think Mission Impossible had they call them Halo jumps where they high altitude right long range even long. the Kingsman yeah had the had this in it. Yeah, it's so it was cool to see animate though. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a really good job with it and uh remind me of the Navy SEALs because they do the halo jumps and stuff too. But what I what yeah. I found really funny was is that um they're coming through and then Ezra grabs the pole, which would have ripped his arm off. Yeah. <laughs> and then he grabs Sabine, which ripped her arm off. Why doesn't he use the force? Yes. To hold her back. Yes. And then or a chopper. Yes. yes. That's my next point. Yeah. Because then they're both standing there and then Chopper's coming down with sparks and everything coming. And yeah. Ezra doesn't use the force to stop him. They just step out of the way and let him go smack into the thing. I'm like, nobody heard that down there? I mean, even if he couldn't have done it, it would have been nice to see him at least try to reach out with the force and try to stop him. Right. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, uh, okay. But I mean, I did think it was funny, though, that when, when they both hit the satellite dish... The, the computer monitor on the inside kind of had a little static yeah. and all, all the all the Empire guy did all he did was just he tapped the monitor and it went away and he's like oh, okay okay whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so they eventually obviously they make it down and so they put the spike into the communications transmission kind of we are talking about and then of course out of nowhere comes a uh, one of the Star Destroyer uh, not even a Star Destroyer I forget what they call them they're like the smaller Star Destroyers um Command ship? Uh, commander ship. I, I, I forget. I thought they called it a destroyer when they said it. It's a smaller... small. Star Destroyer is the big one that, that we see in space, but this is like the smaller... Um, Basically same shape. Anyway, yeah, same shape and smaller. So uh, all of a sudden they're <laughs> the like... mini destroyer. <laughs> they're like, okay, shit, okay, time to hide. And they go go on the other side of the, the, uh, the transmission and then... Um, what was it? Uh, uh, no, the Tie Fighters show up first. That's right. Well, no, no. Yeah. What, so, so, so what happens is, uh, yeah. So, so what happens is, is uh, they they tap into the main communication line. So yeah. they hear they hear them say, "We want to we want to do- we want to dock. Requesting permission to dock. Your transmission's really garbled." Um, and here they all they did they cut off the transmissions to the control room, and they have it inside Shopper. Shopper yeah. And then Ezra says, "No, no, I got this." <laughs> and he has he does his imperial voice, which is pretty good, right? And then he's like, he's like, like who is this? And he's like, this is Commander the, such and such. Bon, it, it's the guy who just met the other one. Yeah, the one Tarkin. No, not Tarkin. Not Tarkin. Um, no. This is sort of the T. This is a guy that Tardis, Tardis, or something like that. This is the guy that has been going down in rank. He started out as an admiral. Yeah, he's been going every time he runs into the rebels, he ends up with a lower rank. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's like. He's like I'm blah, 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 blah. Who is this? this? And he's like, oh, great. Like, our, that's just our luck. Who is this? What's your operating number? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a pretty funny scene. And I was like, Ezra, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking the whole time. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they start tilting the, tilting the dish, dish, and then they start sliding. Yep. And they make it all the way to the end, and he's just sitting there, and Ezra waves. <laughs> and it's like, 
it's that boy. <laughs> Damn it. That same kid. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. It's kind of a <laughs> Home Alone kind of humor almost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so as they as they come back in to save him, that's when the TIE Fighters show up to stop, right, when the ghost stop comes, the ghosts yep. to come in and... Look who uh, comes along, though, to save them is Saul. Well, maybe not even so much to save them, but to blow up the communications tower is Saul Guerrero in a U-Wing. So we actually see a U-Wing, like we saw in Rogue One, mm-hmm. now in Rebels. This mm-hmm. is the first time we see that. And also with Saul is Two Tubes. So right, right, which is the same guy from Rogue, Rogue One. So we're actually getting his little bit of his backstory. Not really a backstory, really backstory but, but he shows up. We actually see him. Makes up an appearance, so we can see, you know, again, more Rogue One connections being thrown at us, so... Uh, more connection there, which is, is always good to see. I, I I really like that character. Honestly, I'd like to know a little bit more about him. He's yeah, and, the, and they're only able to do that because the um, the Tie Destroyers went after the Tie Defenders went after. Oh, that's right. They the released Ghost. Tie Defenders. That's right. They, they went after the they went after Ghost and Zeb's like these aren't the regular Tie Tie, fighters. tie fighters. These are the nasty ones. Yeah, and. So then they're following him through the the fog and stuff like With Ezra guiding Hera. Well, yeah. Kanan. Or Kanan. Yeah, actually. and Kanan says, "You want to lose him." And she's like, well, yeah. And he's like, do you trust me? And she's like, I guess. Yeah. And then so that, and they're, they're guiding with his vision of the force, his yeah. force vision of the mountains and stuff flying through the fog that you can't see. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Which is neat. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see those two interact and it, it shows their trust of one another, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Right. And then when, and as they're coming back, that's when we've seen that Saul has already deployed his big bombs. Yep. And blown up the blown up the communications tower. Yeah. And at first, Hera and them they think that the kids have blown up. Yeah, because they keep affirming it's the kids. Let's the go kids. save the kids. The kids, yeah, because their mom and dad and mm-hmm. everybody else is the kids. Yeah, and uh, and they think that they've blown them up. And then all of a sudden, they call out to him and like, "Oh, Saul's got us." Yeah, and it's like she's like, oh, Saul. Saul. Yeah, and she's like, we're docking right away. I'm going to get and pick my people yeah, back. Yeah, we're pulling up next to you. I want my people back. And that's when a Star Destroyer comes out of space. And mm-hmm. They have, you know, they decide that they're going to go with Saul, actually. Yeah, well, well because they don't have a choice. They can't stay there and try to change stuff. They just, they just jump. Which, I can see that being the case because, you know, you're yeah. just trying to get away from them. Mm-hmm. But my other thing would be, um, you know, tell them where you're going. Like, Saul had this plan. Of course he did, but 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 it's but it's like it's one of those like if you really want if you know if you're just there to save or whatever, tell them where you're going so they can jump hybrid right behind you. Well, not only that, but I mean Saul does kind of throw that the choice to the to Hera and uh, or not Hera but uh, Sabine and Ezra. Do you want to get out? And they're they're having that conversation. They're like, I, well, he said we don't really have a choice. We don't have a choice, but you know, you know so he's. He's already trying to pull them over to his side, right? And, the then he, and then, and then, he says, "Maybe they'll like to f- fight with a real, real rebellion." See what it's like yeah. to fight with a real rebellion, yeah. So that pretty much brings us uh, to uh, end of episode one. End of episode one. So we're halfway through um, the. Uh, I really kind of like. I'm really digging the two two episode arcs so far. I, well, you know, you it's know. it's funny. I don't even think they need to do two episodes. They could have just, just made them one big one episode. Day episode. Yeah, I agree. But I'm sure that's probably something to do with Disney XD and how they. They do their programming and stuff, but still, it it was pretty. It's it's really cool to see. And Aaron is officially out. That's okay. We'll go on without him. <laughs> Sleep well, my friend. Sleep yeah. well. All right. <laughs> so on to episode uh, four. Episode four. four. It just picks right back up where we left off. And we're back much. on the ship again. Right back on Saul's ship. Um, and you know. He basically, he shows him his plan. Like, he's, you know, he's like, I've been tracking. You remember what happened on uh, um, the bug? Genosis. Genosis. Mm-hmm. And I've never stopped looking. And here, Everybody else stopped, but I never. I never did. So here's what I found out. And he shows him the the plans to this, what looks like just a simple, even they say, look, even Sabine says it looks like a... Uh, it was a civilian, a civilian transport, transport mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, he thinks there's something... Right, and you can tell that the conspiracy theory has got a hold on him, which is funny because we know from watching Rogue One and Star Wars and everything else, we know that he's on the right path, right. thinking-wise. But as you're watching it, if you had no idea what was going on, you'd be like, oh my God, this guy's conspiracy theory. What the heck is his problem? Well, yeah, but even in Rogue One, we see he's extremely paranoid by that point. He doesn't trust anybody or well, yeah. anything, you know. So. And, he, and he's still trying to find that those what the what the weapon is, what the, what you know, everything else. Exactly, so... 
Um, yeah, so... Uh, but it was cool, it was very cool to see those Easter eggs start falling, dropping in place. Yeah, every place that you're, they're starting to fill in. Mm-hmm. And it really gives you a better f- appreciation of Saul, I think. Because in Rogue One, I think even you said, it's like, I, I don't really like this guy. He's, there's nothing to him. There was there was no backstory. We, got, we got zero backstory on him. Yeah. It was just basically a, come with me. You know, you're like, what? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. What was his problem? Mm-hmm. And, you know, after seeing him in Clone Wars young... Right, very young. And then now we're seeing him in Rogue One... I mean, uh, Rebels as um, closer to his Rogue One age, Character. and we're actually seeing his his thought process on stuff. How a lot of the stuff that he's he's been this conspiracy theory guy on has coming true. Right now we can, and we get the fact that he's abusing his prisoners. Mm-hmm. So now we see why that took place in Rogue One. Yeah, those I like. I like the way it's starting to connect the dots. Yeah, doing a nice job giving us little uh, Easter eggs or carrots or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, carrot sticks. Um, so yeah, uh, I did like how uh, real quick that uh, Chopper gets a new paint job. Right, because all the all the for some reason all the bots in this ep- in this these episodes are yellow. Um, yeah, for some reason, Inclu- including the one that was on Yavin Four. Yeah, which I actually I didn't think about the one on Yavin Four. He was green and yellow though, but. But it's still yellow. Still, still yellow. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a nice new new paint job, I guess, for Chop. Mm-hmm. Even though Chopper doesn't like it, right? Yeah. And she's like, "Well, actually, I like this one better than the orange." Yeah, although I, I prefer the orange, but you know, yeah, this is a little too much Steelers for me. But anyway, oh, at least it wasn't black and yellow. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a Steelers. White and yellow is okay. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> Ezra, well, as soon as they get on the base, Ezra starts like hearing like. Singing, he keeps calling it singing. He's like, you hear that? What is that? But nobody else hears. I mean, we hear it, right through the. But, but none of the other characters. None of the it. other characters are picking up on it. Which right away, I, I automatically went, okay, it's it's definitely a force thing. Not sure what's causing it, but right, it's something only a force user. Right, I, I knew it was force related, but I couldn't tell if it was an animal. Right, because it because it had that like like a bird type of chirp, chirp almost, and then it was drawn out, kind of, mm-hmm. like, you know, so. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of wondering the same thing, but let's we'll see. Um, <clears throat> so they uh, they find some they do finally find some stormtroopers in the oddest place possible, guarding a door in this civilian yeah. transport. So right, even then, even Sabine and Ezra are like, well, maybe he was right. You know, yep. maybe he was onto something. Cargo Bay Seventeen. Seventeen. Yep. I have that notes. I see that. Very nice. Well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, they find some prisoners. Of all the same. And what kind of prisoners? Power technician, reactor mechanics, uh, anything to do with power, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one guy said he was even like a, on Coruscant, he was just a power, uh, you know, a power engineer on Coruscant. Right. Mm-hmm. And that they asked him to come, the Empire tried to get him to come, they said no, and they just took him. Yep, kidnapped him anyway. So that shows you the... Uh, to work on something in the Genesis system. Interesting. That was, that's, that's the first time we hear Jettisism. Yes. So, is it possible that the Death Star has been near Jetta the whole damn time? Like somewhere in there in the Jetta system? Maybe not Jetta yet, but, you know, I just wonder well, if that's where it's and, really well, hiding. They, they even said um, in the Jetta system, they were talking about it, where they, they said they were going. Yeah, oh, they were going to the Jetta system. That's right. There, there was nothing there. Right. There was no planets, no nothing there. Hmm. So, and they and, and then Saul says, "Perfect place to hide something." something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, they're putting all these. We know what it is because we already know the end game. But it's obvious what's happening here. And yep. It's interesting though that the Empire is going to such extremes to kidnap people though to get them to work on their project. Anybody that knows anything about power, or, right? And here we know. here we think that um, aside from uh, 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 her dad. Uh, Jen, Jin's dad. Jin's dad. Yeah. Aside from him, mm-hmm. we thought everybody else was for the Empire. Like yeah. we, they joined, they joined the forces. Right. Yeah. But here, a lot of them weren't. Yeah, they, they were, were just, just forced to come, scripted, you know, drafted mm-hmm. in, so to speak, forced yep. to, slaved in. And and this is another. This is this is the part of the story of Ezra, where he, where he starts to see the difference between the rebellion and Saul, because yeah. he says, "This is awesome. We found these prisoners. We can save them." And Saul's like, no, I didn't come here for prisoners. I'm not I came here. here for the weapon. I'm not interested in this. this and then and Ezra's like, but we can save these people. Yeah. And Saul's like, they have prisoners all over the galaxy. I don't care. Exactly. Saul's all about the end game. And you can see, then all of a sudden you can see Ezra's like, 
you start and you put two and two together. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is not the Jedi way. This is not how I do things. But, you know, and this is obviously where Saul... And maybe my Mothma has maybe a point about it. Maybe. Right. Um, so, th- so this is where this... Right now is where um, Ezra and Sabine tell Chopper... Take the prisoners to the transports. They're going to go disable the hyperdrive. Right. And they're going to go to engineering. Yep. So as they're going, for some reason they just follow Saul, <laughs> who's not going to engineering to no. save anybody. He's going to try to find something else. So they end up in Hold 6. Hold 6, which is where they find death troopers. Not stormtroopers, death troopers. Exactly. That, and those are the black ones with the green eyes. Yes. Like we saw in Rogue One mm-hmm. that were with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tarkin? Not Tarkin. Not, well, well, not Tarkin, but Krennic. Uh, Krennic. Yep. Yeah. So... So yeah, so another, again, Death Troopers. This isn't the first time for Rebels, but they're looking more like Death Troopers like we saw in Rogue One. Because mm-hmm. I heard some fans say last season that there were certain things, minor things missing. They, You could actually tell that the, green, the eyes were more green looking this time. <clears throat> yep, and what I thought was really cool about this this scene was, um, and, and it was right there by the door too, like when you open it, it was like poof, right in your face. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden that it filled with smoke. And it's mm-hmm. like, what do you see? And then all of a sudden, all you see is his lightsaber running back and right, forth, forth. And they're just yeah. shooting at nothing. Randomly, yeah. I mean, that was pretty cool to me. I thought that was one of the, one of the more neatest Neat scenes, scenes that, we, that we got this episode. Yeah. It was kind of cool to see a Jedi use Jedi speed and you see his lightsaber and, and using that, you know, that whole fog technique. And, and then he went back stealth. to using the, um, all, all, not really, um, not really a puppeteer, but he used the one as a pup, like as a puppet. Yeah, he kind of stands him up in front of him, and he's like, "What are you doing?" Two blah, 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 or whatever his number was, <laughs> and, it, and then all of a sudden you see the hand come up underneath and it's, shoot, shoot the because um, it was that, Saul. It was Saul doing it. It yeah. was Saul. So Saul's using a dead, yeah, death trooper, <laughs> which was pretty. It was pretty. I thought it was pretty good. And then, yeah. he, but he missed this. He missed the trooper and hits the box, right, which sets it off. And as soon as the box is hit, it disintegrates. All the death troopers said. He hit the box. Yep. It's unstable. Everybody get out. Yep. Yep. So then they all leave. Mm-hmm. And the box disappears. Disintegrates. And what is there is a, I'd say probably about as long as, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Maybe a, a Cadillac is a. Oh, I would say it's maybe I, bigger. I would say it's bigger than that. I would say it's at least, at least 20 or 30 feet long. Okay. So there's this giant green kyber crystal. Right. Because Ezra's like, it can't be. And that's what's the singing, and is. that's what's been singing to yeah. him because, and then he said, then he says, that makes sense. It's the same singing that I heard when I found my, when I found my Kyber crystal. crystal. It called out to me to his green lightsaber. Yeah. yeah, so you know he definitely understands the comparison. He understands that the connection that these things have to the Force, the energy of the Force, and energy in general. Because anything, even he explains, any energy that hits it is amplified. Or Sabine does actually. Right, and she said, so everybody put put away your, your blasters. Was, yeah, you know, and then you know it's funny, Brian. I, have we seen anything like this yet? Is this the first time we've seen it? No, they actually, because uh, Kanan even references it in this uh, It's episode. the second time. It's the second time. And that was, uh, I think it was back, all the way back in season one. Um, they're, they take out a, uh, like a whole, uh, a small, um, small transport. And inside the transport was, in, all you see, you don't even see the kyber crystal, but when they hit the, the transport, the transport blows up, and it's a green shock wave that comes. Right, out. right. But, but and when we what we thought, I don't know if you thought at the time. What yeah. I thought was that it was just a bunch of smaller, smaller kyber crystals. Mm. Because even in Rogue One, yeah, they're small. They're they're transporting the kyber crystals and they're out. Clear too. That's and, the other thing. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, they're they're just transporting a bunch of the small ones out. Because mm-hmm. and we we're like, how is that? How to yeah. me anyway? I was like. How in the world is that thing going to power the Death Star? There's no way you can get that many of those little small things to power the damn Death Star to blow up a planet. Right. But now we see how big this one is, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, that it would uh, get a whole bank of those together. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Hook it up to a reactor, and voila, mm-hmm. Death Star. Yep. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you're right, Brian. It, uh, this is definitely the second time in Rebels, although this is the first time we actually see it. And um, just to throw a little bit of Star Wars geekdom, there is a unfinished Clone Wars where they didn't finish the animation but they put it on the website and in that they found a similar kyber crystal of size and shape and it was, kind of, it was the same kind of outcome um, but yeah so uh, yeah we're seeing uh, again you know 
uh, in a way, Filoni throwing more Clone Wars stuff that he never really got to finish put into Rebels. So. Right, and then we're back to the we're back to the the Ezra's version of what a rebellion is and Saul's version of what a rebellion, rebellion is. And they get into the fight. It kind because, of comes to a yeah, head because Ezra wants to destroy it. Right, and he's, and, and 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 Saul's like, no, I want to see where we're going. Yep, because he, he wants to follow the Cookie Crumb still. Exactly. And it's and it's like no, we need to save. What about the people? What about the prisoners? And they just you know it's a it's a conflict of two different ways of looking at things mm-hmm. and, and how you fight a war and what's the right way to fight a war. You know it, that's really the overall theme of this whole episode. Really. But 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 it's funny because as soon as they come out of hyperspeed, mm-hmm. and he he sees where they're at. Yeah, because he finally talks them into going to wherever. Yeah, he he he, he finally he sees where they're at and he says. He t- contacts two tubes mm-hmm. to come get him. Right. And now that he sees where they're at, now he's ready to destroy it. Yeah, now he's going to blow everything up. Yes, and he yeah. and he, 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 fired, he fired at it for some reason. Mm-hmm. And Just like, to make it unstable. And like Aaron was saying, I thought that's where he was going to get his injury that caused him to have to breathe like Vader. Right. But it didn't happen. Right. Um, And then, and then, and then he's just like, we have your choice. You want to come with me and fight, or do you want to try to save your people? Or do you want to try to save the prisoners? And Ezra's like, uh, "You fight your war, we'll fight ours." Yeah, there's a definite. And he's like, "Okay, bye, kid." Break. Yeah, he just leaves him. <laughs> I was like, "Um, how the hell are they getting off this plane, off this ship?" Yeah, and then and then we hear your your. Yeah, so in this uh, this whole episode, there's a death trooper who has a female voice or a female tone voice, and they just refer to this. Special death trooper as commander. Commander. That's all they say. And but it's a female voice. It's a female in a death trooper outfit. My theory is is this could be a very young Captain Phasma from uh, the uh, Force Awakens. So, and it would make sense. It might make sense because we never really we don't really know how old Phasma is yet. Because even though we know the actor who plays ah, her, but she's not in. She never takes her helmet off. I did just oh. buy the Phasma book. Yes, that's going to go take place between the two movies mm-hmm. and give a backstory on Phasma. Phasma. So I will let you know if it has anything in there. Uh huh. Because um, I heard uh, uh, what's his name, John Campia, talking about it on his Star Wars live show about the book about the book and I was like oh my god I didn't did, even know that was out there did he get an e- did he get an early preview of it or something probably because he yeah. said he's read it three times already yeah okay so um but I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and read that okay um got it on Amazon I don't know if anybody wants to know that but no, just that's... type in type in Phasma on Amazon and you can get the book for yeah. like I don't know how much it was and then don't tell anybody but if you tell them that the, the book cover's ripped they'll give you eight dollars off Ooh. And give you a credit on your account, so the next time you order something, you get eight dollars back. See, so if you had listened to this whole podcast, you just got a hell of a tip. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think this may indeed be a very young uh, Phasma because Filoni says that there is another villain lurking out there. He hints at, he hinted at it in one of his interviews he did recently that the rebels might run into this other villain. So I could easily see them, and they go out of their way because when the ship blows up. When the Star Destroyer blows up and the transport ship blows up, right before that, you see two little small uh, Imperial transports. Uh, but you don't. Leave. Yeah, you do. Okay, so I, I after you told me that, I went yeah. back and watched. Uh-huh. Those two transports okay. are actually coming from the, the Star, Star Destroyer, Destroyer heading towards, heading towards the there. Transport. But when, when we see everything blow up, uh-huh. we never see those transports you leave. Don't, you don't see them fly. And away. everything... On the other side of the Star Destroyer. That's why mm-hmm. Sabine put her vessel on the other side. Yeah. Everything else got blown up. However, yep. to your to your point, mm-hmm. if those if the, one of those ships happens to have the same issue that Sabine's does, it's drifting in space. Okay. Which could be how she ends up with Snoke. Could be. Okay. Yeah. That could be how she ends up with Snoke Snoke, because Snoke finds her. Snoke finds her, or somebody, you know, somebody finds her because she's just floating out in space randomly. Mm -hmm. The drift, the vastness of nothingness. That's the only thing I can think of because I I watched and I didn't see any, any, any kind of ships going away because I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh But I saw them go to the freighter. Right. 
But I didn't see him leave. See, I think that's classic Filoni. He just leaves the possibility open. And the fact that they put that scene in there just tells me that he wants to say There's somebody on that ship he wants to save Imperial-wise. So, otherwise, why do it, right? And why create this female commander for this one episode and kind of put so much emphasis on her? Because all the other stormtroopers are like, no, wait, we have to wait for the commander. Wait for, you know, they make... They, they, she, yeah. she said we're holding this for her. For her. So... There's, she's a person of importance. And it's the first time we've heard it. Yeah. Like, the first time we've heard of her. Her. Other than uh, one of that other girl that was with Fawn. Yeah, other than, yeah, other than, uh, that's Governor Price. But, yeah. other, in this, in a Stormtrooper outfit, nonetheless, much less a Death Trooper outfit. So Which she's means she's an elite. Elite. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So, it kind of adds up for me that I think this is Phasma. Could be. Yep. Uh, now, one thing I did want to talk about, we didn't, sure. we, we kind of jumped over it a little bit, okay. Um, but I put it in the notes here. Okay. Um, is it just me, or is Chopper becoming easier and easier to understand? I think so. I think it's either that, or maybe it's just because we've gotten used to his personality, personality, like and how what, he what acts. they what they say. Because like yeah. there was there was a there was a thing, and there was one spot. I didn't catch it in a lot of the other ones. You know, he's mm-hmm. like right, but there's a spot. When he's when he's helping the prisoners into the into the thing, and the one goes, "Well, you're a nice little droid, aren't you?" And he goes, "Well, how about that? Swear to God, listen to it." And he says, "I mean, it's like almost like I'm like, no fucking way. Like, I don't speak droid, <laughs> but you might be. But you know what I mean. You might be understanding. But it's it's really funny because it's like it's like." He's becoming so much easier to understand. Understand. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose. It could also be how they're accenting his voice, maybe slightly. Like they're putting more emphasis on more of the. This, when we first met him, it was more like um, Charlie Brown, teacher. Womp 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 womp. Now he's got more. Yeah. Like like on last episode, it was like you can almost hear him say, "Get a room," you know. He's like, "I know," but yeah. but listen to that spot yeah. when they say, "I have to go back and listen." I mean, it's 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 you're like, "Ooh, I can actually understand that." <laughs> I just I wanted to make sure I brought that up. No, sure, absolutely. Now it's a good point. Um, so uh, as we close out here, I you put this in the notes, and I think it's a good point. Uh, Sabine asked the question: Can a kyber crystal of that size be weaponized uh, to Kanan? You know, once they're mm-hmm. all back together, uh, because the ghost does show up to save Sabine and Ezra. By the way, um, but you know, Kanan says, "I don't know," but this is the second one we've destroyed, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So it must be something important. And uh, Ezra says, "Well, what if Saul's right and the Empire's ready to fight a war that the rebels, Rebel Alliance, doesn't even believe has started yet?" And it's a really good point that Ezra makes there, right? And we've heard that same line though in the the trailer. Right, but yeah, it does bring up the point though: is are they so caught up with trying to wait for the absolute right, perfect moment politically in fighting amongst themselves that the, that the other that the other side has amassed such a force, force. That they're not going to be able to fight it. And not only is it already an overwhelming force conventionally, you add a weapon of mass destruction or weapons of mass destruction to his arsenal. I mean, it makes it even that much harder, right? If right, not, near impossible. Right. The other the other thing I, I want to take away from that scene right right before that is, um, you know, they're thanking Hera and them for saving them, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, we'll get you back to your planet, you know, as soon as we can." Yeah. And we don't want to go home. Yeah, they want to join. We we we've thought we've we've all discussed it, and if the Empire felt we were that important, then we would do them that much much more harm by coming to work for you in the Rebel Alliance. That's a really good point. I forgot about that whole scene. Yeah, that's that shows. You know, kind of how people are thinking now. You know, yeah, and it's, and it's, it's it's the whole like they're not they're not trying to get people. Yeah, it's it's like basically almost word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You are for a good cause. We're going to come work, we're, fight with you. We're going to fight for you, and you know we you know the empire has become something that is intolerable now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do more good with you than give them. And really, if you think about it, if they were to go home, the empire would probably just grab them again anyway, right? So, we better kill them. Yeah, that too. All right, uh, real quick, Brian, uh, your final thought and grade for uh, In the Name of the Rebellion Part 1 and 2. Um, I'm going to say, like like what we discussed before on those first two episodes, you know, we were, we were really let down. Yeah. And these, I'm not let down at all. No. I'm going to say this is 
this is right on the borderline of AA plus for me. Mm-hmm. Like these, this episode was really good. I think, it was, and I think it had a lot to do with the fact that all the Easter eggs got dropped in on us, and yes, how we got to see some of the stuff come together. We know what it's the Death Star, mm-hmm. and we're watching Saul put these pieces together. Yep. We're watching, you know, we're like, ooh, this is, you know, this is kind of cool. For me, it was the, the that's the, the scene with the big giant Kyber crystal. Yes, because I'd always thought I was like, how are they going to get the small ones? Mm-hmm. Starting to make sense. Yeah, it's starting to make sense. Like. Well, yeah, if you had a kyber crystal that big, I didn't know they got that big. If you had one that big, right? then, of course, you could make a giant lightsaber exactly. or, or something else. <laughs> Eventually, yes. Yeah, uh, I agree 1,000% with you. I think it's absolutely an A+. I think this is the episode where they, they, they start putting down some themes maybe for the rest of the season that we're going to see play out. We're going to see Ezra continue to struggle with uh, how the how they choose, how, how, not only are we fighting, but how do we choose to fight and... Are the, are the Rebels too late? And how are we going to help Lothal? And all these things are going to play out through Ezra's head. And uh, and the rest of the Rebels and how that's going to affect them going forward in their final season. And how is it going to, how's it all going to end? Well, There's I, so much to tie up still. I mean, I'm not really seeing any anything tied up nice and tight yet. Okay, so I'm going to throw, throw a theory right here for you. All right. Okay, here's how I, I see it. I see, here how I see it playing out. We know where Saul ends up. Okay. Because he's actually live action, and we see him. Okay, we know where Hera ends. Hera and Chopper, because mm-hmm. they're in Rogue One. Too. Right. Um, I think Ezra mm-hmm. leaves to go help with Thal. Okay. Okay, and I think he leaves after Zeb and Zeb and Kanan die. Okay. So I think that's how I think that's how this season's going to play out for us, and I think I think that's how we're gonna. We're gonna see that then go their separate ways. I, I'm not sure about Sabine yet. Mm-hmm. If she's gonna go back to Mandalore, Mandalore, or if it ends up being Sabine, Kane, and Zeb that die. That's very possible. Ca- really causing pain for Ezra because it's not only his, 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 is his father figure gone, yeah. Yeah. his also his love interest. love interest is gone as well. Right, and it kind of just sends him into that loner path. Yeah, all away from the forest, away mm-hmm. from everybody. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely think Kanan, I said this in the season preview, I think Kanan's a goner. Um, I think that's, I, I just don't see a scenario where he survives. Um, Sabine could easily be sent back to Mandalore. You could easily keep her alive that way because we really don't know what's going on in Mandalore through the whole classic trilogy. Um, Ezra. Somehow, I got a feeling that this DJ character, uh, we're going to see in episode eight coming up, is Ezra Bridger. Um, it, before, it was seemed like more of a wild rumor, but there's been a new picture. They've shown a scar on his cheek. They're either really playing with us with the scar to make us, you know, send us off on a tangent, but they've done, they've gone out of their way to try to hide this scar from us in these pictures that we still frames. We don't see this DJ character in any of the trailers. Um, and we've only seen still pictures of him. So, um, and just the way I could actually see Ezra following kind of Kanan's uh, path if things don't go well for him. Like if Kanan dies, if Sabine dies, something else happens. I can see him deciding to walk away from the Jedi Order and become kind of the cowboy Jedi that Kanan was. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I I'm now. I would have told you earlier before the whole picture thing. I would have with the scar. I would have said maybe 25% is Ezra. Now I'm thinking it's more like 60% that I think this DJ character is Ezra. So, um, and he's going to be kind of like the scoundrel, really. I think by that point in time, we'll see. So, um, but yeah. So uh, we got uh, there's plenty to talk about with plenty of things yet to come. So uh, lots and lots of things to come. So uh, I just want to thank uh, Aaron who is. Uh, still asleep uh, but I want to thank him for joining us and I'm, I'm sure he was more than happy to join us at least for the first episode or part of it and uh, Brian I want to thank you for joining us hey thanks for having me man and this is uh, oh real quick uh, where can you find four Midwest guys uh, you can go to uh, I always forget this part uh, if you go to the website you get, type in the number four and type in midwestguys.com all together so that's the number four midwestguys.com again number four midwestguys.com uh, there everything is listed for you links to our iTunes, to our uh, Twitter, to our Facebook, to our Podbean. Uh, you can follow, like, subscribe there, or you can actually, all of our uh, podcasts are listed there chronologically, or you can go categorize with links at the top. 
If you just want to see all the Star Wars Rebels together on one page, you click the Star Wars Rebels link. If you like our uh, any of our Game of Thrones uh, podcasts, which there's two of, House of Xanar, House of Xanar Deli or the Night's Watch, uh, you can click each one of those and get individual of those. I know uh, John's been busy with uh, his uh, movie Masochist. Uh, I think he's got three episodes up now of that. There's lots of different things out there. Uh, lots of different specials, special series that we do even. Um, I know uh, we reviewed uh, all, uh, a lot of the, net, the Netflix shows so far. Mm-hmm. Um, we did our news. We did a rapid reaction <clears throat> just recently on uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll get one out on Orville soon. So uh, lots of different stuff out there. And they're not, you know, we're going to try to mix it up. They're not all going to be long like these are. We're going to do some short ones too. Uh, so uh, definitely check us out. Go to the four, now again, the, that's the number four MidwestGuys.com. And tell your friends and like us on Facebook. We like to get our numbers up. Yep. And not only that, but feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Subscribe. See Subs- users. Subscribe, like, subscribe, you know. And, and give us some, some comments. If you like us, if you didn't like us. Especially if you didn't like us, even I want to know why. I mean, I, I would love some really good feedback. So. Oh yeah, or yeah. ideas, what you think we should cover. Yeah, and how how to cover it. So, uh, all right. So uh, the, this has uh, been uh, Star Wars Rebels HQ, and I'm B Willie saying, "May the Force be with you always."